Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What's up, besties? What is up? Not much. I'm excited because I get to see you this weekend. We are. It's Tuesday currently. We're recording, uh, but we're going to do some batch recording this weekend. I'm going to Vegas. We're going to have some fun time and some work time. And uh, can't wait. Some birthday shenanigans. Yep. I'm excited. (laughs) No, we have a little group coming. It's going to be fun. Jeff goes, where is Jill staying at the Cosmo? I'm like, I didn't even question. (laughs) Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying like, at the Cosmo. We're going to be uh, going to the day club at Encore. I'm excited. It's the chain yeah. smokers. And then we're going to see Absinthe on Saturday night. Oh, I didn't know the chain smokers was the deal. Yeah. Oh, fun. I know. It's going to be a good we're time. We got see- a cabana. We're going to see Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> we did that. It's funny. I was like talking to someone that like going to Vegas, your birthday. I'm like, yeah, I go every year. I mean, last year was different. It was like 40, but this year, I mean, I was just like, whoever wants to come can come. It's tradition. Yeah, it is. It's always fun. Well, um, it is. What we're talking about today. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about shiny object syndrome um, or how to stay on track when everybody's doing all the things and you want to do all the things too, but you need to do one thing first. (laughs) Let me ask you this. And this is, I think this is so relevant to so many things, you know, I mean, I guess we could, we could put it in like the relationship context of like the grass is greener or like whatever, mm-hmm. but let's talk about it from like the, maybe the business perspective, career perspective. Um, you know, it's kind of like FOMO, right? Like, yeah. you know, I kind of want, you know, don't want to miss out on something. You have this feeling of feeling behind or you have a feeling of like, there's something better to be doing, or this isn't the best use of my time. So this comes up a lot and Danny and I coach with clients. And let me ask you this. Do you see this more so with beginners? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think beginners are maybe more susceptible because first off, I know I've said this before, but marketers ruin everything, but (laughs) marketers ruin everything because we have so many ads and they are so good at writing compelling copy that, I mean, I've gone down these rabbit holes too, where I've seen an ad and somebody's speaking to you and you just learn something new. And this is why I think beginners sometimes have it happen more often is because you just learned something new. Maybe you just heard about a webinar and then suddenly you see an ad for a webinar and there's someone telling you how, like, this is the way, this is the thing you're missing to hit your six figure business. Or you just heard about uh, live workshops and then you see an ad for this thing. And like, this is the thing. So I think marketers do Unfortunately, they do a really great job of writing compelling copy and making you believe, but unfortunately for us, we can tend to, at the beginning, think as soon as we learn something new, go, oh my God, because I didn't know that I must need to know more about it. And we go down the rabbit hole of learning all the things instead of like sticking with one thing until we get it. And I will say 
sometimes going down those rabbit holes is fruitful and it does work out, but it's, you have to be so careful about trying something new so often and never sticking out one thing long enough to see if it works. That's, totally. the, big, that's the biggest issue I see. I was going to say that is definitely the biggest issue. Now it's funny because this sort of extends into, if you're listening to this and you are a coach of some kind, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but when I was doing competition prep for clients, so helping people get on stage, I remember I would get emails at Jill Fit from people who I was not coaching like two weeks out from their show. And they would be like, Hey Jill, I'm competing in two weeks. And I just, I'm so nervous. I'm not going to be ready. Like any last minute tips to get ready. And I'm like, who's your coach? Not me, you know? And it was that feeling of, I think, and this happens all the time with my business clients too. They'll be in a launch and they'll be like, anything else I can do? And I'm like, no, it's all there. Right. And so I think this also comes down to if you choose to coach with someone or you are a coach yourself, encouraging your clients to follow it all the way through to then decide if it was useful or not useful. You know, that's the thing is if you're not following something all the way through, you can't make an educated, like, you know, assumption, you can't make an educated decision about if it was beneficial or not, if it actually worked or not. And so the advice I usually give is like, if you do decide to hire a coach or you do decide to buy that course that says you have to be doing webinars to make a million dollars, follow it all the way through. You paid for it. Now go and do the whole thing to then decide, yes, this was the the success I had, or this is the success I didn't have as a result of doing that path. Because here's the thing, and I think this is why so many of us have shiny object syndrome, because we do have a sense of urgency about everything. And so when you say market is ruining everything, just so everyone knows, if you're listening to this and you're not in business or you're not a marketer, like literally one of our tools as marketers is urgency and scarcity. We want you to feel like it's going away. Now, if you're a good marketer, that's true. It's not false scarcity. It's literally, it is going away for however many months or the card is closing or this deal is going away at some point. But because so much of the way that we get someone to do something is through marketing and uh, through scarcity and urgency, Oftentimes I find that a lot of us are just operating like that all the time. You know, it's like this constant, like I'm never doing enough. I'm always behind. I'm always missing out on something. There's always something more I should be doing, whether it's a business thing or not. I think we tend to feel that way. We tend to feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing the right things. There's other things out there that I should be doing. And I just think that at some point you have to, I've said this before, pick your pace and make peace with it because you can do all the things. You just can't do everything all at once. Yep. And I love your earlier tip of to stick it out to the end. I would get the same thing. I'd get people emailing me, Hey, what do you think about this last week? And I'm going stick with whatever your coach told you, because there's too many variables. You know, if you ever were in science class and you were doing an experiment, you have to have a control and you, and then you take a variable and you change it. Right. So if you're changing 16 variables, you actually don't know what is working and what's not working. So I've heard people say, well, I tried webinars and they didn't work, or I tried this type of thing and it didn't work. And it's like, how did you try it though? Did you just try it one time? Did you try Like, how did you try it? Did you really give it the full thing? Like maybe the fitness competition, you know, you go, you worked with a coach and then the last week you get some other coaches advice. You're like, wait, how do you even know if your coach would have worked for you? If you changed everything on them, or if you just we're picking and choosing what you wanted. I'm actually working with a client right now. And it's, (laughs) it's frustrating because 
we go through a similar pattern really often where he wants to try something new and we make a change. And then we don't wait to see if that change works. And he wants to change something else. And I'm like, we got to only work on one variable at a time because we cannot get data on what is working and what's not working if we're tweaking a bunch of things at once. Right. So it's really, really important to do all the things in the recipe. It's not like, let's just talk about a recipe. Like if you're making a cake and you just decide to leave out the flour, you're like, why the fuck isn't this cake coming out? Like the picture? Well, you took a main ingredient out or you just like halfway through, you're like, you know what? I'd rather make a pie. Right. So, and you just like literally quit the cake and start making the pie. Yes, and that's yeah. sort of what it feels like. And then a year later, you're wondering why you haven't had any success yeah. because you haven't stuck with anything. And one of the things we mm-hmm. talk about it, you know, with our clients at JillFit is, especially our business clients is like, you have to just follow one thing all the way through, especially if it's a product or a service. So let's just say you're launching like a course or you're launching a group program creating stuff is fun, right? So like, oh, I'm going to make this and make this and make this. There's no shortage of ideas. What I feel like oftentimes we do is we don't follow something all the way through, or we don't have the actual implementation. So we might have an idea for something. And I see this all the time because we create like, we create what's called a lead magnet. Lead magnet's also like a freebie, like, Hey, download my free ebook or sign up for my free challenge. And oftentimes what some will do is they'll create a freebie. They'll start promoting it. They'll promote it for like a week or so. And they'd be like, I only got six people. Mm. And I'm like, okay, but how much did you promote it? And they're like, I think I just need to make a new one. And I'm like, no, you don't need to make a new one to then give to those same exact six people. We need to get better at following all the way through on the initial one. Mm -hmm. Because you don't need multiple lead magnets, multiple products, multiple things if you just have one that's working really well. And we look around our space we look at like, you know, the Amy Porterfields, or if you're not in the business space, you don't know those people, but like the Marie Forleo's or the James Wedmore's, they just have one product mainly. They have other like littler stuff, but like, they're just known for like, you think Marie Forleo, you think B-School. So they're not reinventing the wheel all their time. They're following something all the way through and they're tweaking that one offer until it's gold versus jumping ship, jumping ship, jumping ship. We see this all the time with people in branding, right? How many people are changing their Instagram handle like every six months? And I'm like, no one can follow the storyline because you're just jumping ship way too fucking much to the point where you're getting zero traction. Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about why shiny object syndrome is a hindrance, it's really a hindrance to productivity. It's a hindrance to a result, an outcome, a success that you want to have because, and it's not that you can't do those things. There's a lot of things on the menu that if you have a long career, you're going to be able to do but you just can't do it right this second. And so I think at some point you have to put your blinders on and really turn off other options for a time, follow it all the way through. Same thing with like dieting, right? Maybe you're just like, I'm going to try keto. Cool. You can't try keto for a week and be like, oh, didn't work for me. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't really think keto works long-term anyway, but in any diet, right? Moderation 365, we had, we've done a couple episodes and we've mentioned this course. It's like, it's a, it's a, practice. So the idea that you're going to just like slot yourself into this for a week and then you just go, it's not working. It's like, but you haven't done it though. You haven't actually really done it. And so this also is a conversation around tenacity, conversation around keeping your eyes on your own paper, putting your blinders on and really just focusing on 
one thing, seeing it all the way through. So then you can make an actual accurate assessment on, did it work? Is it effective? Yes or no. And it's so much easier said than done, but like, what would be some of your tips for someone who is maybe starting a business and everything looks really shiny? I should be doing webinars. I should be doing a summit. I should start a podcast. I should like, how do you know? Cause I think you and I, at this point, obviously as a, an advanced business owner, we know that everything's not important. And everything's not for us, you know, like you and I, we, we had the idea for the podcast way before we started it. And the reason why we didn't start it was because we knew the kind of commitment it was going to be. So we were like, I don't know if I can do that. Right. So for a time, a podcast was not the solution until it was. And so how do you get discerning when everything feels really important and really shiny and really like the solution? Well, I think one of the big pieces and one of the the great reasons to hire a coach is this. I think a really great coach can keep you focused and tell you what the next step should be for you. And this is with comes with a heavy asterisk because some people are specifically coaches that only coach a certain way. Like I've seen many, many coaches who only coach people how to do high ticket. And I don't think high ticket is the answer for every business. It's not the solution for every business. And a lot of people come in with money blocks, which I was out chatting with a friend yesterday about this and we were kind of talking about all these high ticket coaches who only sell high ticket coaching and they, they charge their clients, you know, 10 K and then they, then they tell them to sell their products for like 2000 to 5,000. And these clients are like having these money blocks because they don't feel like they're worth it. And the truth is they're not because they don't have the experience. They don't have the confidence. So they're telling them they have money blocks, but I'm like, but maybe it's true. You, you might have imposter syndrome because right now you are an imposter. So I, (laughs) I think that, I think that just, uh, finding a coach who has tried a lot of things, done a lot of things and can look at your business as a whole and say, I think where you're at in this many years that you've done it and how big your audience is, this is where I would start if I were you. I think that's what's super, super important. Not a coach that's like, I only teach you one way because the truth is you can make money so many ways. I know Jill and I know people who have made millions of dollars on a $37 ebook. And we know people who've made millions of dollars on high ticket coaching and all of the things in between workshops, courses, live events, anything you could think of. So you have to get a coach who can look at your business and say, okay, let's look at all your assets. What are your gifts? What are your strengths? And let's start here. And then maybe six months, eight months down the road, we can add this or go another way or try something, but let's only try this one thing, see how it works, assess, and then try the next thing. But I, I really think that's a big step is just having a coach that will help you really stay focused. Yeah, no, it's so good. And, you know, I love that you said there's like a million ways to arrive at success because, you know, if you talk to someone who's a podcaster, they might say, you need to be doing podcasting. Like everyone needs to have a podcast. You can make a ton of money podcasting. Just go ahead and do it. But what if you have someone who like literally can't speak well, (laughs) you know, I mean, sometimes half the time I don't even speak well on this fucking podcast, but it's like, I think that you have to also play to your strengths, which is, you know, maybe you're a better writer right now. It doesn't mean you'll never be good at audio format or video format, but maybe you're, when you're starting out, your strong suit of the three types of content would be written content. So maybe you start there, you know, maybe if you don't feel super comfortable uh, in photos, 
maybe you don't start by doing photos of yourself or videos of yourself. Maybe you start with quote cards and tweets and some of these other things. So like, I love that you mentioned a coach because I think they can figure out what your strengths are, not only like your expertise, but like your personality too. Like, I'm not going to put someone who's like a super shy introvert and be like, all right, you're doing Instagram lives every single day. Like, I think there's, it's something to aspire to, like eventually want people to feel comfortable doing all sorts of things online. But I think to get some quick wins, it's going to be a really steep hill if you're not playing to your strengths in the beginning. So I'm so glad that you said that because I think there's value in sort of bringing up your weaknesses eventually, but not before you get some wins, right? Not before you start generating some cash. So imagine if you were like absolutely terrible on video and I was a coach who was like, okay, we only, we only make money on YouTube. <laughs> like that's it. And then it's just like, there's so much work to do to get to that first sale even. Yeah. So instead let's make some quick sales doing something you're already good at. So you do, I love that you said, you know, have a coach or have someone who's more seasoned and can see all the angles, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the business for 10 years like we have, but you know, does can see more angles than you can, because at the beginning, everything is going to feel really important and it's yep. just not. And so if you can have someone be able to see your strengths, to see where like the larger picture of the industry and say, you know what, I think you'd fit great right here. Let's start here. Yeah. And also at the beginning, every single marketer is going to tell you their way is the way totally. <laughs> and it can be really compelling to think I have to do TikTok, I have to do YouTube. I have to do email. I have to do Instagram reels. I have to do story. I mean, there's so many have to do's and then suddenly you're overwhelmed and then you're doing nothing or you're trying one and you're feeling like a failure and you're quitting and you're not making any money or even worse, you're spending a lot of money and you have been told you're investing in yourself and yet you are not getting any return on this. So now you're suddenly scared to invest. You feel like you're not effective at what you do. And you start to question everything. And then you're like, I just quit. And I'm going to go get a job at Starbucks. And, <laughs> and right, whereas seeing... if you had had someone who could maybe help you play to your strengths early yeah. on, you wouldn't have tapped out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you're, let's say you're not ready for a coach or you don't know how to find one, or you don't, I don't know, for whatever reason, you're just, you can't afford it at the moment. Maybe finding somebody online who is like your online mentor that you're listening to. And you're listening to one person, you know, there's a lot of online coaches that maybe don't even work one-on-one. -on -one. I was just sharing, um, a screenshot with Jill right before the episode from Shalene Johnson. And I know she does a lot of, uh, coaching type of things, but I don't believe she does any one-on-one, -on -one, but provides a lot of content. Brendan Burchard provides a lot of content, um, lots of podcasts that provide business content and ideas. And so there's people you can listen to that you can start with and just maybe kind of go down one path, but it's, it is about putting on the blinders and just sticking to one thing for long enough to see a result and assess the result before mm -hmm. you make any pivots you know, elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So you do have to have some patience about it too. You have yeah. to be a little bit more systematic. You have to do have some patience. And I think a lot of that comes down to feeling like you have enough time, you know? I mean, I think that's the thing. And Danny and I can both say this after being in this industry for over a decade, it's like, there'll be times where there's, you don't want to do shit, <laughs> like not too many things, too few things to do. You're just like, Oh, I've already done that, done that, done that. So you will get to a point where you've actually done everything or you've tried out everything and you actually start to know what you're the best at and what you really start to double down on. And so I think that's why I feel like beginners are a little bit more susceptible to this because there's so many things they just haven't checked off their list yet, you know? And so I think, uh, it, once you become a little bit more seasoned, you realize that there really is plenty of time to do all this. It's funny because I actually sent you that meme earlier today that was like, it was a really sweet meme, but it was, or yesterday it was like people who are 24 
are like in a rat race to like check all the boxes. And then you talk to someone who's 40 and they're like, oh, I'm just getting started. It is really ironic how we have that. We have this, like in our twenties, there's always this like, hurry up. I need to get all the things. I need to do all the things. It's like this very expectant, like really sort of fast out of the gate. And then when you're older, you're just like, oh, plenty of time. Like it's, it's, so it's experience, it's perspective, it's whatever. And so I do think that um, if you're having some tiny objects, you do have to slow your roll a little bit and realize like, Hey, just, if there's something you want to try that you think is like, Oh, that's so cool. Write it down, put it somewhere, like put it into a note, put it into a notebook or something like that. And then come back to it later and, and assess, is this the right time to try that out and realize that you do have so much time to do all of the things to the point where you get to the point where we're Danny and I, where we've done all the things and yeah. we're like, no, no, nothing else to do. <laughs> oh, tried that, tried that. So I, when, you know, we want you guys to have long careers. We want you guys to have, you know, a lot of success. And so, um, I know that so much of this is easier said than done, but maybe bookmark this episode and come back to it if you need this little like pep talk, because I think you guys understand this intellectually, like everything we're saying you get, but sometimes we get caught up in the emotion of it, right? Where we feel like we're not doing enough. I just got off um, one of my FBA calls and there was a student on there who she was just like, I'm so overwhelmed. And I think sometimes when you're just at that place of overwhelm, we're like, there's so much you have to do. You can't think straight and you can't be systematic and you can't be productive. So then it becomes what can we get off your plate Mm. so that you start to feel more focused. And that's really what this comes down to. Yep. And I think if you're wondering where to start, like there's so many things to do at the beginning and where should you begin? I always start with what are your high payoff activities? You know, when I was in network marketing, we called them those high payoff activities or your key performance indicators, but what can make you the most money and what's like the lowest hanging fruit. So probably starting a podcast isn't going to make you any dollars. If you have zero listeners and no one, you know, like your, your time for dollars, isn't going to be best used there. So what kind of things can you do or create that will make you dollars now? And then as you start to generate income, then you can start adding on those things later. So I know that sometimes it's like, okay, where do I begin? Okay. Lowest hanging fruit. What's the highest payoff activity I can do right now. And that's where I would begin and kind of start going down that, that lane. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. I think this is great. Well, remember this is definitely like a more of a career focused episode, you guys, but for sure, come back here. If you need to just like rinse and repeat this message, because I know this is very common. Um, and I will say that usually if it's, you're starting in sort of a new space and like, we obviously came from, from the career, we could probably do a whole other episode on like the grass is always greener in relationships, but, um, come back to this if you guys need it. And hopefully let us know if you struggle with this. I think, again, this is more of a beginner issue, but you might be coming up against this and having like a real in, in real time, hard time with something like this, but, um, let us know, hit us up of course, in our DMS. And of course we are always, we are going to be batch recording this weekend. So make sure you guys hit us up with some ideas. If you have anything you would love for us to talk about, we always welcome those ideas and we will see you in our Facebook group. See ya. All right. Bye guys. Bye.